Last time on Geek Force, the squad set sail for the Grand Line as they talked about the One Piece Netflix adaptation, Too Good to Be For Real, which is happening today, now on Geek Force. Hello, welcome to Geek Force, the show where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat, and with me today we have Marlon, Ray, and Amy, welcome back, everybody, to our brand new episode. How is everybody? Doing good. Thriving and surviving. Awesome. Well, like always, we have amazing topics to talk about today. Um, I'm going to actually start us off with a brand new show since we're in the fall season on the TV lineup. Um, the show is called The Other Black Girl. Um, this is actually from a novel written by. Uh, give me a question. Give me. Give me a second, because I had it written down. Do, 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 do. You got clues. You I'll find it. Um, it's a show on Hulu. Um, I enjoyed it because, as a black girl working in the workplace, especially in, I'm not gonna say post-pandemic because it's still going on, but basically in this space, especially going back to the office, it kind of It, it kind of has a lot of topics of being the only black girl in a white space, as well as, um, you know, you're working your ass off and you're not getting noticed for, you know, the promotion, the work you do, people kind of categorize you as a stereotype. And when I say stereotype, I meant like today's stereotype as far as like the slang and all the TikTok videos. Um, and so that's where I'm like, okay, so it's going to be based on that. No, there's a whole other story behind that. Behind, um, this girl who's in this place, another black girl is being hired um, in the workplace. And watching this, I was like, we've all been there before, where if someone is hired that is similar to either uh, your culture or anything, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. This is great. We can be friends. We're going to get through this together. I felt that watching this. But then that's where the story took a turn because then this other black girl it's not who she seems. It, it, this is where it kind of goes into like a sci-fi element of, um, I would say, very similar to Get Out, very similar to, actually, um, I'm so glad we talked about uh, They Clone Tyrone because it had a little bit of that in here too, especially some of the topics we talked about from their Clone Tyrone was in here too. And so it come, it turns into kind of almost like a conspiracy thriller within uh it deals with like classism it deals with just to me black women but in a space where how are black women supporting each other in society so like we have it where you know we have like oh no we love michelle obama we love beyonce we support them and love them but why do we support and love them is it because of like how they look is it because of like they obtain a degree like, where does it come to how can we just support all Black women, regardless of a status? So it breaks it down to, like, that. And that's where I'm like, whoa, this the show just took me on a spin. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a season two, but I hope that there is because of the way it ended, it, I don't know, I, I would highly um, find the book once I find the writer's Zakiya name but Delilah uh, yes Zakia Delilah yes Zakia Delilah Harris definitely recommend checking that book out um I 
I was not expecting too much on the show. I had previously seen Beloved uh, that had came out months ago on Hulu, which is kind of it's kind of intense. It's not gonna lie because it deals with slavery and, and sci-fi and everything. Um, Hulu definitely canceled it, so I was like, "Oh, when are we gonna get another show when we have a black girl as a lead?" So to see this. I didn't see too many uh, promos on the show. Strike. Uh, well, yeah, but I meant like earlier this year. Usually when they do like a, like in the springtime, they do like a, here's what's coming up on Hulu. And they'll show like stuff in the spring and fall. I didn't really see in the lineup. Like I had to hear it from, like I saw it on Twitter and it was on black Twitter where I was like, this show's coming out. And I was like, what show is this? Um, and so I was like, okay. In my experience, when it comes to when a black woman's a lead and it's on a big app like Hulu, I'm like, is it going to be trashy? Is it going to be like Tyler Perry trashy? Well, and I'm so glad I didn't, I didn't judge it for that because it was to me a very intelligent thriller, um, and it and it, it 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 made it where it's like, I don't know, it, it, it's just. It complicated things, but then it's like it makes you think of like, yeah, black girl magic to an extent because of TikTok, because of social media, the the visual the visuals of what a successful black woman looks like. Without saying like, why can't we just be successful in our own wins, regardless of class status or anything? And I think that is being used to uh, in the story is you being used to kind of manipulate characters and I was like I never ever thought of it this way well damn that's terrifying um, to the point where it's like like there was an episode about self care and hair and how that episode was one of the creepiest episodes I've ever seen I was like oh so you just can't again it's, it's one of the stigmas of in black girl culture you know you don't let everyone touch your hair because your hair is like a crown it's very precious that episode, people were trying to touch hair, and I have never felt like I was going to explode. I was like, don't let her touch your hair. Like it, it became almost like a life and death situation of like, if she touches your hair, it's over. Like It was one of those situations. So um, yeah, I would, I, would, I would definitely, I would recommend, even if you aren't Black, I think it's still a really great story to watch and just understand just the element of like, wow, like, we love our support, but again, like, when you're looking at people and you're celebrating your success, you shouldn't be celebrating because, oh, they went to Harvard, you know, they uh, they work at a top firm. It's like, they're successful. When another girl is like, I'm working two jobs, you know, I I have my own place, I, I got out of all this crazy drama, it's like, you should celebrate her success too because she came so far to do that. And that made me be like, this was a well-written story in a way of like recognizing the differences of that. And it's not really talked about because as you know, TikTok, Instagram, all those things, they get to glamorize what is successful. And I think that impacts the younger generation. I feel like this shows a great way of like, you know, those are just for entertainment. Like you are successful in your own wins and you should celebrate it. And you should be around people who celebrate that. Not because, you know, I'm, I graduated from Yale and I'm working at whatever Goldman Sachs, you know, you're not my friend because of that. It's like, because I'm a pretty dope person. So I would highly recommend it. 
I also believe like this is the season of amazing black shows coming out right now. Um, uh, the show, yes. Yeah, so on Apple Plus, I cannot remember what date, but Lakeith Stanfield is on a sci-fi show called The Changeling. Um, highly recommend looking up that trailer. It's some spooky stuff going on. <laughs> um, that's coming out soon. Um, oh, what was the other show that was coming out? Uh, well, yeah, so, the- yeah, so it sounds like you really like this show. Uh, and I I, I'm looking, and I, I'm looking at like the the cast list, and I'm seeing a lot of other black women on the show. Um, of the other black women on the show, are they working in the same area as the main character, or is their utilization kind of spread out depending on each episode? And you know, are they together, or are they just also separate like she is? Uh, it depends on the actors you're looking at. Some of them are in her workplace, and then some are like friends like she has a best friend and then some are just in successful roles adjacent to her job so like they the setting is new york city and if you know new york city if you work you have all those nine to five jobs and then usually you know you go and hang out with people at bars and stuff um there are some episodes where those actors are like in the same spaces and that's how you know networking happens that's how uh, connections are being happening and you're thinking it's for good but da 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 <laughs> which is why I was like oh that's too real because that we all do that but then it's like we're signing you don't know what you're signing away when you're doing that the name I see on here that brings me joy is Rashida Jones not that she's in it but yes. it looks like it's actually producer it. and stuff which makes me happy she's always great she uh, produced, yeah, that made me happy too because I went in completely blind, did not look at the cast list, did not look at the cat, the crew list, and so as I'm watching it, I'm seeing actors popping up. I'm like, oh snap, that's so and so. Oh snap, that's so and so. And then when it goes on, I'm like Rashida, name all over it. So that's how I do by episode one. I was like, okay, I'm watching the right show because this is a this is a dope crew soundtrack amazing they have music like today's music with some motown with some that 70s r&b like it's it's a glorious soundtrack and i love it um i think the main girl the main girl she is a dweeb like me so i really love her fashion i just wanted to point that out because i was like most shows i'm like oh everyone dresses too trendy but she dresses like i love her style and the fact that these other women who are like, hey, this is how you should dress, which is that TikTok successful, like, I got my uh, business suit in, like, bright colors. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't like that stuff. successful? What the hell is that? That's a thing. So TikTok successful is like, you know, when um, influencers basically film, like, you know, get get ready for work with me type videos. And then they put on these outfits and they're like, I work at a high firm and I'm cool. Or I work at, I'm a doctor at a blah, blah, blah. And I'm cool. You know, my hair is laid. I, I have all this. And the fact that that is used, con- like they're not using TikTok. They're just that type of character in that way are like moving in the story of like dictating what sh- stuff should be. 
uh, taking this young girl who's like, if you see her, she has her afro, she's in her bright colors. She dresses like a teacher. Honestly, to me, she dresses like a teacher, which is why I love her. Um, she's she's her own person, and she wants to be successful in her own way. But then, you know, when you meet other people who are like, hey, I see you, sis. I want to support you. But, like, they are, like, dressed completely differently. They're in a whole other field. But they're like, we want to help you. It's like, to what extent? To the point where I have to look like you? Like... Yeah, that's why I was like, it's, it's that TikTok. I blame TikTok. <laughs> to me, that's the enemy. It's, TikTok is the enemy in this, in this TV, in this book or book in the show. And you'll see. <laughs> you'll see why. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see shows like this. I hope to see more shows like this when the strike uh, eventually ends because this was great TV. I feel like... Uh, they addressed a lot of universal things while still maintaining that diverse casting and having the right representation. Like there was no stereotype. There was no, I was like, this just was a well-balanced show. And um, I'm hoping to see more of it because it's, it's getting hard out there for, for quality content like this, especially when, you know, you're not getting the promotion for it. Tough year for a lot of these shows. Yes. Yes. Like, it's, it's, I mean, right now it's hard because of the strike, but like, I feel like even if the strike wasn't going on, it would still get limited. Uh, um, yeah, it would. Especially press? with this topic. It's just a, in general, that's what I feel like we see often. Unless it is breaking out into more of the, uh, like, liberal audience. Uh, then that it'll part. get a little mm-hmm. bit more marketing, but if it is, if it's not doing that, then yeah, you're right. It lower marketing budget, and you hear about it through word of mouth uh, more than anything else. That's how I had to find out. Um, there was yeah, like recently when I had shared nudes with uh you guys that that Craig Craig of the Creek from Cartoon Network had a spinoff of his sister coming out on HBO and I was like wait I had no idea this was a show and I didn't know it came out this week like I know it was a strike but like there was no news of that the beginning of this year of like hey we're doing a spinoff it's coming out and I'm like is it because the main girl the main character is a little black girl is that the reason or like Young Love which came out this weekend I had seen promo only on black twitter and only on Black Facebook. I have not seen it anywhere else. I knew it was supposed to come out this weekend, but if you were fans of the whole Hair Love uh, short that won an Oscar, uh, they have a whole TV show with big A-list names uh, voicing the characters on HBO, which is incredible. I'm excited for it. Um, and I know the actors can't promote it, but like if you're in the right space, <laughs> If you're in the right socials, you're not going to hear about it. And then it's not going to get the the traction at the same time. Like, I knew that that was going to be a show because of beginning year news. But I was like, I don't know what's coming out. Now that it's out, it's like, you're going to have to hear it from word of mouth. Or, you know, if you actually know Issa Rae. 
Because, you know, she, she'll she be like, oh, yeah, I like this show. It's coming out. And it's like, girl, you are voicing in this show. I like how she's like, this is out. This is cool. And I'm like, you're not promoting, but you're promoting. Smart. <laughs> but, yeah, um, love the show. I hope to see more. Um, I, I, I hope we... I just hope shows like that just get more love because it's hard out here. But Hulu is doing a good job in maintaining that diversity type shows to me. Them sometimes HBO, but I feel like Hulu does the best job. I don't know. What do you guys feel when it comes to shows, indie shows that have a diverse follow, like diverse casting, a pretty good story? What app does the best in promoting that? Because I was like, Hulu does it. I mean, Hulu had Atlanta. Because they have that contract with FX. So that's why I feel like shows like Atlanta and stuff on Hulu. I don't see any other app really embracing that like that. Or at least the quality of those type shows on an app like that. That's- what do you mean by promote? You mean like you see... What do you, can you so like if you go if you go on an app and you're like, oh, this looks, this looks good. It has a diverse cast. And then it's trash. Versus like... Because I'm thinking Netflix. Netflix be tricking me. I'm like, oh, this looks good. And it's a BET movie. And I'm like, okay. Versus Hulu, who literally has so many independent movies I've never heard or seen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this was incredible. I wish more people knew about it. I'm finding like Hulu has more of that in stock than like, say like Netflix or Paramount or HBO for the matter, which I'm very shocked for HBO. Because FX FX carries them. Hey, you are you that, gotta. That's true. That's that's more FX's like uh, hard work over. We're gonna talk more about FX in a moment, and like that's just a that's just a network that I have very rarely ever been let down by. It, it would true. when it comes to good storytelling or diversity and and what I'm watching or just anything like FX always nails it for the most part. This is um, true. So that's, that's a chunk of that. I don't know if I can speak on the rest of those things. Uh, Cause I don't really scroll on stuff and I try really hard not to scroll on things. So I don't really know how anything else does any marketing, but um, so I don't know if I can speak on that directly to be completely fair, but I, I'm good as FX is of all the, networks that i have watched for a long time they are the most consistent across the board when it comes to all that they haven't let you down that's very true i agree with that because all the content we've talked about on this show majority comes from fx section on Hulu. <laughs> yeah i mean and speaking of fx we're like what's uh, what's another show that's been like really bringing the heat uh the other one that i watched a lot of i don't know did, did any of you watch the bear i know cat said she has been caught up on it marlon did you watch it i did get ready for season two we've been like starting over from so we make sure we get all the things but you haven't watched season yeah. two yet no i'm in the okay. beginning of season and, two and but you, mean, you haven't there. you haven't watched the show yet <laughs> nope i so like i said i've been in star wars over the past that's fair three uh so the the bear um it is uh one of these shows that is just good acting and like tight writing and really well done cinematography and uh it nails all the things that you want out of a television show with um with the 
the the concept of uh, there's a it's, it's about a restaurant in Chicago and the main character has come back home because he has uh, inherited this restaurant that his uh, one of his best friends no this is his brother I'm I'm confusing this uh, slightly I was confused at the beginning like were they actually brothers but yes uh, that his brother ran this restaurant that was a shithole um, and he went off and became this high qual- this high quality chef out in the world and uh, and came back and is trying to like figure out how to keep this restaurant going and what is what needs to happen and you know hi, uh, hijinks ensue from there. Um, Ao Edibidi is her name, right? Yes, uh, her. Uh, again, diversity. <laughs> She's the best. Um, the The whole cast of the restaurant is like high quality diversity, even from cousin who is. Uh, he's so good Um, and so like there's which I hated him season one I was like this character is the worst and they come in uh, beginning of season two and he immediately like I swear the first line he gives in season two is I'm trying to do better and I was like that's because FX as a studio got a lot of feedback (laughs) that this character was trash and they're trying to do a better job this season and they did Um, almost irredeemable yeah he was he was real close I it's very rare you see a like a really shitty character who's a main character be actually almost irredeemable and he was he was real close he was riding the line during season one but um Mm -hmm. yeah so you know they're trying to keep the restaurant afloat um it is uh it is a good show there is um there's a lot of uh, cameos and guest stars that are just like well-known actors that are just there doing a great job. Um, the main cast, like I already said, is amazing. Uh, there's some one-shot episodes that are just like just like 15 minutes of just one camera moving around a space. They'd never cut the camera and except for like a, a commercial break. And even then when it comes back, it's very clearly they kept filming. They just had to cut somewhere because there needed to be been a commercial break seven minutes into the episode or whatever it is. Um, those are really well done. Um, there's one episode that is like family, uh, family drama, trigger warning, extreme uh, in season two that uh, you'll get there and you'll, you'll know like two minutes in, what episode yeah i'm talking about the end of you if if you two are only the beginning of season two you definitely haven't seen it yet and man uh i had to pause that episode at least uh six seven times just because there was just there was there was a lot of drama going on and it was really good and that episode is hilarious because it's just cameo after cameo after cameo after cameo in that episode so you know it's fantastic because they just i don't know how they hired these people for like one episode of a season just to pop in read some lines do some amazing acting and then like you don't see him again for the rest of the for the rest of the show um very good i can't wait to see how long this show stays good on television like i just i don't think it was blowing up everywhere i don't think it's officially a hulu original but like you said since fx is uh since fx is disney and Hulu is Disney. They have that arrangement with them where like everything is on there. So very easy to find the bear on Hulu. Um, I can't recommend it more. Like it's just, especially if you like just solid store character driven 
like story high story dramas just like here's some here's some just good television uh most of the episodes are like 30 minutes so like you're not you're not in there for an hour uh every episode there are a couple longer ones here and there but like most of them are closer to 30 minutes so uh and it's like eight it's like 18 episodes total in two seasons so you'll blow through it real fast once you like really once you're hooked you'll just you'll just watch it and be like no i want more please because uh, yeah that that crew that cast very good yeah i mean i know that the show has been like really like i think connecting with a lot of people who worked in the super industry before they're like yo this is exactly what i'm feeling like even i like in the first you know episode or so where you were kind of getting to see his high intensity background as this high performance chef under a much better chef who's just like harassing and haranguing him in the workplace but it's just the environment and then now people are like i've had that happen to me like like there are chefs that are just absolute just nightmares to work with but you deal with it because you know that their name is going to help you get to the next big thing and so you're going to get this really interesting insight into that playing field and that level and also like the mom and pop level like yeah we know it's difficult but the episode where literally all these pre-orders are coming in and you're like oh that's how this can actually go wrong like if they get too many of that and they haven't even opened yet that's going to be a oh now i'm feeling anxious because they have like 40 tickets printed out and they open in 10 minutes oh how are they going to do that now you're like oh i'm invested and also i'm getting the shakes (laughs) now like i'd crumble i'd crumble if i was like that high stress show show. can we talk about the editing on this show how i mean because i know you you're like me like, yes, the show is bingeable. I will not advise you to binge this show. You have to take breaks because the editing is so good. You don't have a panic attack because you realize you're having PTSD from working in the service industry. And so everything happening in that kitchen, the, the, the shots are so tight and everything's just being louder. The one thing I love about the show, te- like technically the show is made perfectly to where if you're watching it and you hear them talking or cooking, there's always that hum in the background, like a light or some type of uh, refrigerator or something. Like they put that in there on purpose so that no scene is just perfectly quiet when no one's talking. I love that. But that adds on to the anxiety when you're watching it. It feels surreal. Like it's, I'm taking back to when I was in my 20s working in the service industry. But those high, like the episode Marlon mentioned, that was the beginning part of the episode where the tickets were shooting out. There was yelling. There was like orders coming in. Oh my! I I had to stop before the the title card even appeared because I was like, "This is too real." But I love it. But I I would say take breaks, especially if like I do wish they were trigger warnings on certain episodes. I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay, we're doing restaurant drama. Oh no, we're doing family drama. Oh no, we're doing personal drama." It's it's a lot of that, but it's it's good. It's just Fantastic. like. It's, it's too good because it's too real. But that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to match that in television, I feel like. Like, they, they had, I don't, I don't know the showrunners' names. I need to look it up. But, like, they yeah. they have just done a really good job of nailing, uh, nailing this kind of, this kind of personal character drama that, like, is, it, I know we've, t- we've talked about a lot of shows and these are the type of shows that we just all love, uh, despite their level of stress that they induce, despite the, 
the level of yes. like just like just so much yelling and just like man i hate this guy like you still want to just turn out the next episode but you're just like hold on hold on i need a break i'll come back to this but i want to watch more um and it's just it's very well done uh people were going crazy about it when season two was starting up again over the summer um and that was that was around the time i just finally got through it was over our break over the summer and yeah i can't recommend it enough it's it's really a solid television show uh, yeah i would say it's one of the best shows of 2023 because it's just such a solid like both seasons are just super solid and i feel like in <laughs> dealing with the big apps again and how they work so hard to push certain shows i'm sorry i'm, I'm going back to secret sure. invasion how they were hyping that up and promos for days top a-list actors and that show was just basura like it was horrible and then you go to look at the bear yeah their budget wasn't that high and the actors may not be well known but that is a hundred percent grade a quality because it's just the simplicity of working with what you have and making it a story that's so relatable on all levels and 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 even when it came to high stakes, it was high. It was high stakes, and it wasn't like an alien invasion or stuff. It's just like I'm about to have a panic attack, or I'm dealing with stuff that you know messed me up in the past. Like that stuff is real, and I think that becomes like I feel like we need to go back to those those terms. Like we need to go back to shows where it's like character driven shows, whether that's comedy or drama, because I think like. Yeah, Marvel was great. DC is great. Fantasy stuff is great because I'm all about that all day. But I think we're losing that quality. And now I feel like we need a reset to go back to, hey, you can keep fantasy, but let make it be like a coffee shop or something. Like we, I, I like shows that are more simple these days because um, they're just doing too much in the in the fantasy world, especially like like even I know you're not watching, but like Wheels of Power, like doing too much. <laughs> And it's supposed to be a simple story, but it's not. They're not doing that. <laughs> it, uh, I feel like there was an FX slogan that was where characters come first or something. Am I making that up or was that a different oh, channel? Oh, snap. Is that a different channel? I might be making that up. I mean, if not, Ray, you better send that idea no. in because it needs to be their slogan. Because <laughs> that's no, literally it's not. I, I have found <laughs> things. I, I've made that up. Character first. Uh, I've made that up. Oh. But I mean, if it isn't right now. I mean, if it isn't, they got to hit you fearless. up, Ray. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen that a billion times. That's true. They say fearless. Uh, but character first should be their second. It, it should cause... be because most of the shows that I can think of that I've watched a ton of, Justified and uh, what, we do, what we do in the shadows, and <laughs> Archer, and um, there's there's a bunch that I Dave and Atlanta Dave, and yeah. like all of these all of these shows. There's more the Shield. If we go back real far, um, they they were they're all very they're all very tight when it comes to that. Um, that's their draw. Um, and I kind of refuse to watch this new justified thing that they're trying to push on me. Uh, I I just read that it's not as good as an ending as the original justified. So I was like, Nope, I think that means I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it live there. You know, they're not perfect, but they, they do a good job. Yes. You look, 
Ray, I don't see that listed oh, yeah. as anywhere, yeah. but I think I think you should pitch it and make hella money. No, I, I won't. They'll just steal it from <laughs> me. They'll be like, "That's a that's a great idea," but we're not moving with that further. Disney owns FX now, Amy, so they're gonna be like, "Here's a quarter." Somebody, go buy you that was somebody's nice. slogan, though. I feel like, but you know, who knows? That, but that's the truth. At least at Geek Force, that's what we believe when we look at FX as characters first, and you love yep. it. Um, so yeah, go watch the bear. Um, go catch up. We're good. Okay. Now, I mean, I I hear that you've done something that we all love and appreciate. It has to do with uh, a galaxy far, far away. Uh, could you give us some of your thoughts now that you've gotten closer and closer to Dagobah? Some might say. Uh, that's Marlin that's basically it Um, (laughs) so for like years now literal probably since the start of Geek Force (laughs) I think Raymond has been urging us to watch Clone Wars and Rebels and I don't know I just didn't do it for a very long time and then Ahsoka happened and I was like well I guess I have to figure out I'd rather figure out like how things came to be instead of being like putting things together after the fact that's not always that great um but I eventually just like dedicated like two weekends to Clone Wars, <laughs> yeah. and and just and just uh, inhaled it. And I gotta <laughs> say, I was not expecting I was not expecting to feel that emotional over the final season. <laughs> but yeah. th- that that hit. I was like sitting quietly, like. <laughs> sniffling them I'm like I have all these feelings I didn't I was not expecting that at all so I was I was very impressed by what they did um with Clone Wars I think for me at least being kind of the casual fan that I have over the course of my life it really like created a bridge between all the like three different parts of my brain um that I didn't have before and it connected the characters in a more in-depth way like I really appreciate Clone Wars for flushing out a lot of the things that George Lucas is not very good at doing, <laughs> um, especially Vader. Um, I mean, from the jump, you know, he's this evil dude, but you don't really know why. <laughs> you don't know that he his his mentors were kind of... Vacant? <laughs> Sometimes? Yeah, they were vacant. There you go. That's a good word. That's a good word. Vacant. Um, the, the, the Jedi Council... I don't know. I lost so much respect for them in Clone Wars. I was like, y'all all so That's fair. dumb. That's fair. <laughs> all of you are so dumb. And Ahsoka, they totally screwed Ahsoka. Yep. And I was like, you all dumb ass men in 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 robes. I, was like, I, I don't even know it happens in where to go with this. <laughs> well, I mean, it's great to see that in the galaxy far, far away, they also need term limits on the Jedi Council as well, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> Get Yoda just, off the castle. <laughs> sort of. Like, there were just so many things. There were so many stupid things that they did. I'm just like, y'all deserve everything you get because you set yourselves up to get dethroned, to have your slaughter. Like, it all was coming for you. You protected the man who was out to destroy you. And you six and when you're like, oh, actually, you know what? He might not be that good. Oh, it's too late. (laughs) You they deserved everything they got. And that's so that was such a weird thing for me to feel because I felt the opposite for so long. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, 
yeah, this is fair. <laughs> this is a totally fair outcome. Um, balance to the force. And, and, yeah, the there force. You, I mean, it, it made sense. And Anakin, I've, I didn't. I mean, like I said, I blame George Lucas for how I feel about Anakin. Um, but I really appreciate his character flesh out and his the that last that those like last two episodes. I've never. I act. I, he's my favorite Star Wars character because he goes through such a drastic change. Like he's basically, he's basically like Attack on Titan, but American version. Like, kind of like he, he's, he's, he's Aaron Yeager, and I was like, <laughs> no, he, I feel like he was Aaron Yeager before Aaron Yeager, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I really had to do that. I, yeah. I like him so much more now because I mean, he's he, down like, to he, murdering children. Yeah, that, that, that yes, lines up. Yes, exactly. Like he's layered and he's complex. And and um, the one really interesting thing that I, I was talking to Ray about because I was like, Ray, I, I gotta like talk to you and like spill my thoughts into you because I have so many theories. And the one thing I really noticed was like the one aspect of Anakin's life that stayed consistent were the clones. And I thought that was interesting because he like routinely, even in the originals, he would choke out all all the dudes in like higher uh, form of military, but he never touched the clones. And that was fascinating because because in the Clone Wars they kind of had a weird a weird thing going on where you know he's he's him and they're like no and I can't don't do this and he's like fuck you essentially and so once he turns evil he's like I hate all of you still <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how much I don't like you um, even now. So I thought it was really cool because I I don't recall him ever hurting a clone, even as Darth Vader. Um, I think you're right. Which I think speaks – I think that speaks to like his – don't blame hmm. me. Um, <laughs> I think that speaks to the fact that like they were his people in both forms of him. And that's – hmm. like he lost his wife. He lost his, his, his student. He lost his master. Like he lost everyone who was meant anything to him. But the clones were consistent. Even if they weren't like the personality types that he worked hmm. with. It's like the – that constant stability of these things – these people have my back. Hmm. And I feel powerful in that. Um, although it, it kind of makes me wonder like after all the shit that happened to him – seeing his son almost die is what made him realize, Oh, you know what? Actually, maybe I hey. shouldn't do this anymore. Extreme. Like, Extreme. There's so many things that have happened to him. And that's, that was, I just don't know. That was just interesting. Um, yeah, but I'm really, ex- I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel that it was very fulfilling to see mm-hmm. that end. Cause if you haven't seen that last season, you have to, Marlon, <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> um, it's 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 really good. I highly recommend it for anyone who is a passing or intense fan. It's it's very well done. Do you feel like you've ready yourself right. for Rebels? <laughs> dive into that. Did I what? Are you feeling ready to dive into like more stuff, I, like into I'm Rebel already Olympic? in the Rebels. I'm in the last season of Rebels. Oh, nice. oh my goodness, I'm flying through it. Damn. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna say. <laughs> I told you I've been watching Star Wars for like three weeks straight, except for this week. Um, okay. So I'm most done with Rebels, and then I'm gonna do Ahsoka because I'm really because there's so many. I keep seeing those goddamn spoilers. I'm like I just need to like get through yeah. this and watch I, it so I can really I, know what happened. I think the last time we talked about Ahsoka on here, it was like maybe two episodes were out, something like that. Um, two, uh, two or three. Maybe there was three, um, and 
do, 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 what was I saying? Oh, the now that I have seen five, and I'm trying to not to not to get onto a whole topic on Ahsoka, but um, I'm trying to save the last three so that I can just watch them all at the same time and see. Just see we'll Ooh. see how well I dodge spoilers in that meantime. But the uh, I after episode five, I was like, man, if you didn't watch Rebels, especially season four Ooh. Rebels. I don't know right, how you're following right, this show right. anymore. Like it's, yeah. it's such a strong. Because someone Rebel someone like comes back, right? Someone. Well, there's just comes things. Back. There's just things that happen. There are, things like, are there little things? Someone too, who's in Rebels is in this. Yeah. Or well, and most of the most of the main characters. Are, so you have to watch Rebels to understand this. Yes, show. and there's just things. But besides the characters, are there like little stuff? Like, it's not even little events. It's not even little okay. anymore after. After a point, like it's just like there's a there is an episode. Just watch Rebels. Yeah, just put a there is an episode that I was just like. Well, they said it's a season five of Rebels, basically. If yeah. you didn't watch Rebels, there's one episode in particular that I'm just like, I think most of this episode goes over your head, um, and Ooh. that's and it like th- there's some things for you to attach to that are like happening in the moment that like you can still follow it if you haven't watched Rebels. But there's just a there's a lot of parts of that that or if you haven't watched Clone Wars too honestly in that episode. But there's a lot of things that are happening there and things that they're saying and things that they're showing that are just like you they you will it will not have it will not hit the same unless you have watched a lot of these uh, cartoon shows. Mm-hmm. And that's a, I think you gave a lot of credit to Dave Filoni at one time we were having a conversation and it's like yeah. it's just it's him getting a chance to um to finish telling a story that he was telling um and mm. yeah he kind of finishes it in rebels but like this is actually the end of that story like uh, which is kind of cool um so yeah great i'm glad you've i'm glad you're getting through it um I, it's a thing I, that I've told a lot of Anakin fanboys like you think you like Anakin now <laughs> just watch the Clone Wars and you will love him even more um, and hashtag Anakin was right Anakin was not given proper support yeah. Anakin is basically a kid with a gun like, they're like hey kid here's a gun <laughs> yeah, no shoot shit <laughs> I, he was he was born with a nuke button in his hand, and exactly. you were, you asked him not exactly. to press it ever, and you, he just always was like, "But why not? Like, there's some shitty things out here." Yeah, so um, right. yeah, it's it's a good time. Um, not to not to take over your thoughts on this. You said you had some questions, though. Maybe uh, yeah. I don't know how many I mean, of them I can answer because it's been a while on Clone I Wars. Mean, some of them, but yeah, sure. It's mainly just okay. So there's a one episode. Where Yoda learns how to um, become a Force ghost, essentially, or speak to Force ghosts, or whatever. Um, and I was, and you sort of said you don't know, but I just, I just, it bothered me so much because this has been a staple of the Star Wars franchise for so long. And so, uh, so Yoda learns this, and he goes through this really intense process mm-hmm. of learning the Force ghost stuff, and so. My question was, this is not addressed after the fact. I have yet to see anything to like follow up this episode that explains it because unless because he learns this this process, it then enters the force bloodstream of Jedi and then they can all do it. Um, <laughs> but it seemed very specific like when he when he was kind of 
going on his vision quest essentially and what's his face was like i didn't finish doing it therefore i you can't see me um i just didn't understand why or how all jedi were able to do this if only one of them it's like did he like give them the crib notes like, yeah i it would, anakin never went on this so how how does this work yeah. there's there's some of that that is just a, a problem with george lucas's decision to tell these stories out of order um i i don't did you i can't remember if i gave you like the chronological order of clone wars or if you just watch season by season by season I just I just watched season. Okay. Season. I don't I don't think because, it gave me a no no that's fine. It's I think watching it is fine either way because once you hit once you hit the best part of Clone Wars, which is season three, it's basically just watch every episode in order at that point. But the first two seasons of Clone Wars were more George Lucas influence than mm, any of the rest yeah, of them, yeah. and definitely felt that um, way. Definitely felt and that they way. they're like they're just all over the place. There's there's whole mm. four episode arcs that like technically to take place like way earlier uh than others and like it just kind of doesn't work so i think some of your problem with this force ghost nonsense is just a problem with his storytelling in general um but because if i think about revenge of the sith the movie they talk about qui-gon jinn being a force ghost that you can't see towards the end of that movie Mm -hmm. Uh, and Yoda Mm -hmm. talks about seeing him and I think that's one of the reasons why Filoni picked up that story and like kind of told it from Yoda's perspective later on in Clone Wars Mm -hmm. was like this was something that was kind of thrown out there didn't really make any sense at the time let's try and make it make a little bit more sense Um, which I think it adds a lot to it but like you said there's still some holes in it I think that part of that just feels like George Lucas's fault Um, so but also there are some still some things in the world of star wars that at this point i have uh especially watching clone wars and deciding that uh star wars as a universe is more fantasy than sci-fi as opposed to Mm. um as opposed to star trek which is more sci-fi than fantasy um star wars is more fantasy and so there are some things that i don't think i will ever really understand and i've just explained it as magic um and so i think force ghosts are probably that i think the end of revenge of the sith kind of implied that like uh yeah once they they can like kind of the the jedi ghosts can kind of teach each other this like Yoda's the only one that really had to go on this big for- vision quest, and like the rest of them are kind of learning from other Force ghosts. Maybe once they're in the Force, because they've died. Um, uh, Obi Wan, I think they kind of implied that Qui Gon Jinn kind of taught yeah, him I was that. Uh, how to mm-hmm. do that, so that when he, you know, in Episode Four, when he leaves and he starts talking to Luke in the through the forest like it, it makes more sense because he's learned from Qui-Gon Jinn over his uh reclusion um right I it, it it's the it, it is not a good answer but I think that's the gist <laughs> of what they have they've explained it as these days um mm. I, yeah okay well my I guess my next question is so I I don't feel like this has been explained because Ahsoka's missed because Ahsoka wasn't written yet during the, the right. um, those movies and I still think it's weird that they haven't explained where like since she's is now part of the canon 
how they never explain where she is during those three points in time when she should have been. I mean, granted, I understand at the very end we know where she is, but um, I mean, do we? There's giant. <laughs> I mean, she's not. <laughs> She's but not I, yeah. near. Yeah, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. <laughs> she, she, she can. Well, she knows this, stuff's going right. on, but she's not present for like huge parts of events that she was sort of quite frequently around during the, the Clone Wars series. Yeah. Frequently, frequently, like, yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're right, and I think they've they that's them trying to figure out how do we keep her, how do we keep putting her in weird situations to keep her out of. Like the main, the uh, what is what does Marvel call it? The cosmic timeline, the the sacred timeline, the sacred yep. timeline. How do, sacred how do we keep Ahsoka sacred out of the sacred timeline? Is what I feel like a lot of their their story is with Ahsoka, um, and there's room, there's more room for her to be involved now that they are like kind of trying to flesh out the in-betweens of six and seven, um, mm-hmm. and they are using her here and things like that and you you've seen where she is in rebels a little bit like in between 3 and 4 like well, where was she there and what was going on well n- well i have she's she's gone at the right, moment right 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 yes. right yeah so um so like there's 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 not very good by the end of rebels i'm just going to tell you now there's not a very good explanation of what happened why is she during 456 um they still don't and like watching Ahsoka, they still they still haven't really hit that. I don't think they ever will because that's so uh, weird. Just it, it's gonna yeah. it's it, they Obi Wan Kenobi's oh, show came out and the people were bitching about changing canon stuff uh, about Obi Wan's story in uh, in Obi Wan Kenobi a little bit. Like there were some canon things that they messed up and um, and I just don't think they can ever really do any job good bad mediocre any job of explaining where ahsoka is during four five six without like just without it just not really working or like messing up some canon and even if they do a better job there's still going to be nerds that complain about it so i think they're just avoiding it all together is what i feel like is happening but uh, my other i mean this is more of like a creative question of why they chose why why after what happens in in the um, the oh, shoot um, the attack of the Sith Revenge of the Sith third episode Revenge of the Sith thank you um why what how come Obi Wan and Ahsoka never ever ever like yeah that's a good question each other again. <laughs> I was very I was thinking about those like you know clear I mean I same she's she and I mean I, I, I get it that her and Anakin had to have a closer bond and I understand this but I mean I would I feel like they would you know force wise mm-hmm. have a sense of like you know you're so you're I don't know yeah it just I I don't know either did like, Obi-Wan okay. had to cut himself off from the force I guess in some oh. capacity so like maybe there's maybe. there's always the like maybe she just didn't know he was there but like it was very secretive whether he was alive or not so like right. uh I, I great question um because i feel like they would have hooked up at some point or like you know yeah. like hey we should especially now like, we should together maybe yeah. especially now as post mandalorian they're kind of comfortable being like hey ahsoka and luke knew each other like 
Uh, like they're, I know, that's... they're pretty comfortable with that one now. So, like, but again, this is just a lot of out of order storytelling that, like, that's the that's both the beauty and the sadness of Clone Wars is that uh, it is very out of order. So it lets it be its own thing, but like right. then it, it brings up some things that you're just like, but what about this? And you know, it just uh, right. there won't ever be a good answer because half of the shit was written in the '70s, and you can't really go back and change it. Or fanboys rage, so yeah. or you know, you do a bad job because George Lucas has tried to change things in those mm-hmm. movies, and uh, it's it's <laughs> it's always met uh, with not greatness. My favorite part of Rebels, or at least my my favorite scene that I thought was really well done, or I really enjoyed, was when Ahsoka senses Vader for the first time, and like, and I was like, that was such a power. I don't know why, but that scene was very powerful, and I was like, she got, she straight up got laid out when she said, "She's like, oh shit, he's still alive." Yeah. <laughs> like that, I thought that was really. It was like they got reconnected in a way. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Oh no, that, that was. So especially since how it ended, I thought that was it was just I don't know. It, it stirred my my feelings up. I was like, eh. and what's funny about that is uh, that first season of Rebels was was released. It was made. It was produced after season four of oh. Clone Wars because Clone oh. Wars was so out of no after oh, season right. five. Season five, because season six came out after Rebels had started, and then season seven was a couple of years ago. Maybe not a couple; it's been a few now. But um, so, so yeah, so like they—that's it's impressive that they have way better consistency. But I guess it's it's all closer in time, and like it's all animated, so it's easier to make it feel more consistent because of that you don't have to worry about actors looking much older now and trying to fit them into a role that doesn't really fit um so that part that part is helpful um yeah star wars is a cool world there's a lot of cool things and there's a lot of weird stuff too is (laughs) (laughs) it's a mixed bag it's a mixed bag for sure just like our other favorite star trek it's also a mixed bag sometimes but uh there's you know about that television what do you get <laughs> magic yep. golden dice um <laughs> speaking of magic uh a world that you two also love for its magic uh there was a video game announcement recently if you want to tell me more about it i don't really know a whole lot i am trying to remain calm when talking about this because <laughs> get ready for cottage cool I- I was just on Twitter, you know, because it's a fun place. I'm not calling it X because that's, I'm never I calling it that. Call it Twitter. a fun place. But- <laughs> it's a fun place. Sometimes. Because I get entertainment. Uh, What's X? X? Wait, Positive. But wait, Kat, are you, if Elon charges, are you going to keep it? No. Okay. Just wondering. Like, no. <laughs> the day's like, so start today, delete. Anyway, um, I, I was on Twitter, and I think because, again, this is the time where a lot of games are being announced for next year for the first and second quarters of 2024, I had seen uh, this trailer, and I saw the word Shire, and I saw the word Hobbit. So then I clicked on the video, and uh, this is 
backed and created by Weta Workshop. If you forgot what Weta Workshop was, that is the company that Peter Jackson oversees in New Zealand. They were the ones that put out a lot of great work for Lord of the Rings, also for other movies. But from that company, they have created a special cozy game titled Tales of the Shire, um, where you are a hobbit and you're living a cozy life. They didn't show too much game footage. They just showed like some illustrations and pictures. But what it is set it up to be is if you are familiar with Stardew Valley, if you're familiar with Animal Crossing, imagine that, hey, the setting's the Shire. Your character is a hobbit. Go out and live. So like that involves what? Gathering, having a garden, uh, selling your little things, decorating your home. All the cozy things, because cozy games this year has definitely uh, risen up to combat all the stress from everything. I will say this is the year I've seen most cozy games come out, and they have been a lifesaver. But to uh, come from uh, Lord of the Rings and create a Hobbit game, especially, I feel it because I am a halfling in Baldur's Gate, and I love choosing halfling answers for a lot of my stuff. All of my halfling answers are like, eat, drink, be merry, Ah, the sunshine. Ah, the warmth. Ah, good hearth. Like, that's all my answers. And to see that there is now a a game where I can literally be like a Tolkien hobbit, like J.R. Tolkien-esque hobbit in a game, um, I am static. Like, when I was a kid, I loved, I wanted to be an elf in in the game. Like, that was my thing. As I got older, I was like, I'm a hobbit. Like, that is the life. So... To have a game where <laughs> you just live a simple life and it will be coming out next year in 2024. We're unsure of the month, but, uh, you know, they, they, I, I'm looking forward to more news about it. I, I feel like it's going to be great. I'm assuming it'll probably be PC, maybe Switch, uh, but mostly PC. On there. Console? Well, here we go. They there win. Go. They win. So, if they can do it on PlayStation, you get cat's money. Congratulations! It's kind of a bad idea to not put out a game on PlayStation these days. So, well, as you see with certain uh, types, they are uh, Xbox has been growing more because of no Skyrim buying everything. On PlayStation, yeah, that was I'm jumping topic, but because uh, the Activision. UK side went through for Microsoft and other stuff like Xbox is winning as far as most of like a catalog of games with that being Elder Scrolls 6 because that is the high game I'm waiting for it's gonna probably be only Xbox PC exclusive in the future which is fine because it'll be PS5 eventually um we're losing accessibility on all consoles and PC things, which I feel like I thought the point of the future was to be crossplay or at least have everything out like it used to. But you know, greed, greed in the video game industry. So it's about exclusive stuff for the platform. So when it comes to smaller games, I think the smart thing is to release. I know it's harder because you're building a whole different type of file for the console, but. That's how Unless, you get accessibility. That's, that's only if it's going to switch right now. That's only, the switch oh, well, is switch definitely where if switch you port a game, if you port a game to switch, it's going to look. Will show. 
yeah like that was an example of like oh so you really can't play anything on the switch and it's like we all knew Gosh. you could play any like everything on that play. thing but they really thought they could play it, an up-to-date out now mortal Kombat the game they're I've like seen. no we can do it it you is got it it is a seven eight year old console yeah true but it's i mean you would think they would Switch. wait for the next Switch. Like, yeah, let's just hold off I and then put that. it on, on the next Switch. No, no, no. Let's put it on this one right now. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, I, I'm hype. I, I, I will continue to follow this news to get more information. I'm hoping there's some beta testing so I can sign up for it because I, I will, I will be there. Um, you're gonna have like this, second seeds and eleven seeds while yeah, you're playing. Exactly. And I just um I don't know. I, I, I don't know why it didn't just come to me like, oh, a hobbit could because who thought? But I know like Lord of the Rings lately has been pushing their they're throwing around their IP around what with the anime being made, uh more video right. games being made, everything's being made on Lord of the Rings of Power, like so they are slowly pushing out more Merc and content but to me this seems like a very very positive content to have in the lord of the rings catalog and i'll give you more news once uh they hit the, the internet but i know like me and amy are already set like we are ready i will i will have a timer i'm like it's a midnight release i'm playing it. i'm gonna going. <laughs> yeah yes no. and i yes. honestly i think in the same vein of like updates i think Ray, you also had an update for us from Unity. I think we covered it last oh, time. Oh, yeah, speaking of, um, speaking of greed in the video game industry. I was like, you Yeah, so they um, got blasted uh, all over the internet because <laughs> they made in. a bad choice. <laughs> um, and this week Yay, they came boy. out with like, uh, here's what we're going to do going forward kind of thing. Uh, we're sorry we messed up, yada, 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 right? Um, so, there's a lot of things that I, there's a lot of numbers I can dig into. We're at the end of this program, so I'm going to like kind of summarize this uh, a little faster than that. And so, uh, it, to, to, give a, to give a remember, if you haven't thought about this in the past week, um, Unity's uh, CEO slash team decided that they were going to start charging developers uh that were using their um game engine to make games which is a lot of indie developers uh to like every install of their game uh they were going to have a very tiny small fee but that was going to add up real fast um and there was a lot of questions on like how did it work uh did it count for xbox uh like game service or ps PSN monthly game mm. and stuff like that. And it was just, there was way too many questions that they didn't answer and right away. And they came back and kind of answered some of it, but then they eventually with all the flaming they were getting, they were like, we're going to go back in the, in the, in the kitchen and cook this up a little bit more and come back to y'all. So they came back to everybody and what they've decided to do is a lot of these changes are going to only affect, uh, there's a, there's some of these changes that they're keeping, and there's a lot of ways that they've changed us. Um, but most mm. of these changes are only going to affect in the newest version of Unity that's going to be starting to be released in 2024. So if you are using mm. um, 
for example, y'all, you've heard my game, like this game jam year. We did we did a little game. I used Unity mm-hmm. to make that. Uh, we were using the one of the 2022 versions of the game. Um, and a lot of times you, it's a good idea to use one of these older versions because it's more stable. Um, and maybe you don't have some of the newer bells and whistles, but like of the stuff that is there, they have weeded up most of the bugs out so that like you have a, you have a solid experience from game start to game finish of making it. You mm-hmm. don't have to worry about, you don't want to update the game engine in the middle of making a game because some of the, some of the things might be different now and it just, it'll change some of your systems and stuff like that. So there's a lot of game developers that are like on older versions of unity. So they're only, most of these things are only going to be applied to the newest version of unity. Um, they aren't back charging people like they said they were originally where like if you had a game that was that was you know been out for two years we're gonna charge you for all the install fees after that after that threshold no they they said they're not doing that um they said they're not going to count it themselves it's going to be self-reported they're going to ask developers uh how you know instead of them being like trust us we're going to count installs right no they're going to ask developers mm-hmm. what was your install numbers this this quarter and they'll charge based on that which is a lot better than before um and dev, devs the biggest thing is devs will pay the lesser between either 2.5 percent revenue or mm-hmm. the install fees based on the revenue and they increase that threshold it was two hundred thousand for the for like the lowest thing now the threshold is a million no matter what so so they've increased the threshold it's all self-reported you can pay the lesser of the two options that they're giving you um it's only going to be if you're using uh unity versions from this next year um so there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that this new way that they're going moving forward with it is way better um and you making it next year's thing means that it does give a lot of develop the biggest problem with there they just kind of dropped this and were like hey three months from now we're going to start charging you a ton more and most game development companies don't work in three month time frames like they are working in much mm-hmm. bigger specs of time um and so putting it only on the newest newest version that's going to start being released next year helps alleviate that because most of these game development companies wouldn't even update to that version of it for another year or two mm-hmm. anyway so like it gives a lot of these companies way more time to like adjust their cash flow and adjust how they're counting how much they need and how you know how many employees to hire and all of these things that are if you have a big company you have to think about these things it gives them way more time because they're not even going to be none of this they're going to be involved with for another year or two probably um so positives across the board we'll see if it gives them any uh any of their you know company faith back from people um i think this means that as many people were kind of quote unquote threatening that they were going to leave unity honestly i didn't believe most of them uh just because changing game engines is a huge choice like that's 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 crazy um so uh so i think this this alleviates that i think most of them at this point probably aren't going to be leaving unity at all because they don't have to worry about it any of these changes right now um Mm -hmm. so yes uh positive update in general We'll see if Unity uh, holds holds the ground uh, 
you know, if they hopefully they're making the little bit extra money that they were trying to make um, through this. But if not, you know, they this decision was stupid in the first place. So they'll figure out how to how to get their company together at at bare minimum. Yeah, the communication style was really interesting. Yeah, it, it honestly, and I, and I think you're pointing out like it was very similar to like Watsy of like, hey, y'all could have communicated this so much better instead of having to drop what you dropped and then having to like do PR work to fix the backlash and then having to do a second yeah. announcement about your first announcement. You should probably take time to consider all the angles and then release it in a way that doesn't seem like, hey. Get ready for this thing that's going to happen soon. You'll figure it out. It is uh, probably a lot of parts involved in why it was so shitty. But um, mm-hmm. at the very least, it was the CEO leadership. They probably forced pushed the Unity uh, marketing team and stuff into like, a, hey, you have three weeks to figure out how to make this announcement because we need to do this. You got it. Like, and. Uh, that's just it's just not a good combination for any kind of press so uh, stock stocks fail and I imagine stocks will increase a little bit uh, because of you know these are a lot of things that people were asking for um, so we'll see uh, we'll see what happens it's crazy though it's just crazy how many of these companies are just like we're gonna make a choice and no one's gonna like it and we're gonna have to and you know just take a take a little bit more time to do some research and maybe it will be better but maybe you want to shoot yourself in the foot with a shotgun so have fun i think they just like the drama of it all because if they announce it the way they did then that means a lot of people are going to talk about it and you know any any attention is good attention to them in a social in the social way. Yeah, even negative attention because that is keeping their names in people's mouths. And so when they finally do reach a positive conclusion, it's like that's kind of closing up the news cycle of them because now that now that there's good news, we're not going to talk about uni for like the next few months. Well, now. and the other the re- the biggest reason I shake my head is I'm pretty sure they're at a net minus on their stocks through all of this. So, <laughs> uh, and that's I'm sure not where they wanted to be uh, through all of that. So I'm just like, hey, some of this, some of this. <sighs> Some of this is yes, bad. There's no such thing as bad press as a thing until your stocks tank, and then you know that's that's just bad press. <laughs> like it did there. <laughs> that's bad press for sure. Yeah, you know, and we'll, I don't know And huge thanks to Ray for that big update. You know, we're we're definitely going to be looking out for more updates on that, as well as with the writer strike. I know that. They're currently deliberating over what I think Hollywood Studios called their best and final offer. So okay. we should know probably either later tonight or maybe tomorrow what the WGA decides to move forward with. If it's going to take the deal or if we're going to continue the strike. But as we know right now, they are looking at that offer that's on the table. It's a final offer. We should know shortly. Yeah. Right. So, mind you, again, yeah, this is a final offer that the big four studios gave the writers. So they're very much like, this is our best and final offer. Take it or leave it. We'll see if that's going to be the best and final offer, or if we're going to be, you know, waiting for a little bit longer and re- uh, uh, ushering in a great era for reality TV. I saw, and I, this will be my hopefully my wrap up 
thought, I saw that Netflix is making a fucking Squid Game reality TV show. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they are. Hasn't that been known for I, a minute, though? I mean, like I said, I don't scroll yeah. on things. Oh, you're not so, in our- uh, you don't go to the ID yeah, chat like enough. That. <laughs> uh, so I, I avoid these things in general. Uh, but I saw it recently, and I was just like, man, this is this is the world we live in, that this TV mm-hmm. show about people dying in a reality TV show, a reality game, has turned into an actual reality game. I People don't yeah. die, though. Right? No, I assume they don't, because that would be the greatest liability nightmare of all time. Uh, I, think you just, I think you just lose, Amy. But it's on November 22nd, when it drops. And don't call it Squid Game! Challenge or something. Anything else with Squid Game? That's true. Hey, the cash prize. A whole think piece, though, and it's like produced in the UK, uh, and it's uh, has a four point five million dollar pot. Show has four hundred and fifty six contestants. Go off Netflix. Go off. And on November, wait, say that number again. The show has four hundred and fifty six contestants. And they're gonna oh. whittle them down just like the actual <laughs> show is based off of. They're just, gonna whittle them down just like the actual in a mimic way. Like we're hey, mimicking. Hey, we're saying all these things. What can legally happen if they just drop a full smut? They're like, hey, here's us actually murdering people for eight episodes. And they're like, wait a minute. Or they're shooting people hey. with blanks or something, and they have to like fake dying. <laughs> can you imagine? And then one's not a blank. Oh, yeah. right. like, we're gonna we're gonna rest Everyone it. has like a blood pack somewhere in their body. <laughs> just start popping off your dead. You gotta go oh, home. God. <laughs> Gosh. My my timeline is gonna be filled with just people getting shot at the- I'm gonna be like, I can't. This is entertainment now. Like, I'm out. No, we're getting closer and closer to that. I feel <laughs> this is we're not we're not any better than the Romans and the gladiator days. Like we're going I mean, back to that. I don't know. I mean, Kat, <laughs> did you forget that episode of Black Mirror where if you weren't on the bicycle, you were on that reality TV show, yeah. like being yeah. forced to eat chocolate syrup on a, in a bathtub? Yeah, yeah. Black Mirror. We're heading towards that. We're heading towards that. Black Mirror again. Even the latest season showed a lot of 2023 <sighs> stuff before we knew what was happening. Like, that first episode of this current season literally was just the punch the writer strike needed to go on strike. I was just like, perfect timing. Just, I, I mean, I so. feel like it, it loses less of its credibility because it was produced by the studio causing that issue. You know, it's like, Mm, I think that's irony. <laughs> it's like you are also in on this. Like this joke was approved by the entity that this joke is they're about. Like, <laughs> I don't think it stings that much. If they were like, "Yeah, you can do this joke," <laughs> it stung for me because I was like, "I literally watched this and was screaming," and now it's like, "Oh no, we're doing it for real." I'm like, "What the?" I hate. I just hate. I, I don't like this entertainment thing. That's why I'm really hoping this negotiate the negotiations go through. We can have our creative minds back because I don't want shows that are written by AI or written like the, the idol. Actors to get a good deal. Yeah, after after this one, they're gonna go for the the SAG after. Okay, that's mm-hmm. perfect. Hopefully, but hopefully, process. <laughs> Take your time, y'all. But I just I want our I want the writers and actors to win because 
ain't no way that the squid game is gonna open the gates <laughs> for more squid game route. No, no. Mm. Uh, anything else to add to the docket before we close up shop? Awesome. Well, thank you guys for all the wonderful topics that we talked about today. And listeners, thank you for choosing our show as your show for the hour of the day. If you like this episode and you want to stay connected to more episodes, please follow and subscribe to our social media, which is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, GeekForcePodcast.com, as well as any outlet that promotes our on any podcast. Until then, stay cool, stay healthy, and keep going. episode of Quest On Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.